Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. You may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car has been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. My name's Carol Shelby, and performance is my business. What better way to live up to his legacy by us doing that Shelby GT350 through Ford? Very modern, new Mustang taken to a whole other level. And the noise they make is just delicious. This is by far the most ambitious powertrain program we've ever done. This car is going to be phenomenal. It really has been designed and not styled. This team has developed a fantastic vehicle. Nostalgic Cars and Radios. It's No, it's Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Oh, yeah, that's right. Hey, the Red Rocker Sammy Hagar here, and you are listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Ah, uh, woo! Good God, woo! Okay, listeners, welcome. You are tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers and Google Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studio. Hey, if you missed any of our past shows, go to our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com, and don't forget to check out Nostalgic Radio and Cars, the podcast. Bobby, good evening, and would you do the honors of the social media? Yes, welcome back to the studio. Um, <laughs> yeah. it's uh, We have a Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Nostalgic Radio and Cars, Periscope and Twitter, at NRC on Air. That's right. Okay, well, yes, welcome back to the studio. In a few minutes, we're going to have uh, a very special guest coming on. She is a alumni guest here at Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And uh, last week, I was hanging out in Monterey, and uh, we were hanging out together. A whole bunch of us. A whole bunch of us car guys. A whole bunch of us media people are all hanging out. Let me tell you something. This is probably the best Monterey event that I've ever been to, and probably the busiest. I mean, it starts like, you know, you're up at the crack of dawn. You're up at 6 o'clock in the morning. And uh, you're gone till 10 o'clock at night because there's just nonstop car stuff. And if you're not at this event, you're at that event. If you're not at that event, you're at another event. And you're in and out and here and there. And there's car shows and there's auctions going on and there's uh, meetups and there's automobilia. I mean, we're going to get into that a little bit later in the show. But in a few minutes, what we're going to do is we're going to bring our special guest on. And she's going to give us her little take on it. I went to a couple different events this year because I usually 
me being the creature of habit, I usually go to the same old stuff. Well, I shouldn't say same old stuff because it's pretty cool stuff. I mean, just hanging out at Laguna Seca, or excuse me, Mazda Raceway, Laguna Seca. Did I say it right there? And I don't have to pay a dollar fine. Uh, we had Dave on a couple uh, weeks ago. He's the PR guy for uh, Mazda Laguna Seca Raceway, or Mazda Raceway Laguna Seca. I'll get it right one of these days. See, I'm old school. I still say Laguna Seca. And uh, so, uh, spectacular events, spectacular cars. Just to watch these historic cars running around the track is really cool. But for me, in a way, it's really extra special because a lot of the cars, there's different groups, but a lot of the cars I watched as a kid on TV growing up. But then in the 70s, I used to go to Daytona. I used to go to Sebring. I used to go to Atlanta, some of the other races. And I would actually watch these cars race, particularly the Porsches. And uh, so, you know, to see these 935s, these 934s, these RSs, the 911s, and all those cars, yes, 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 I know, Porsche, Porsche, Porsche. Uh, But those were the predominant racing cars of the era. Well, they got pretty much, they're so, they they set the mark. They set the standard. I mean, Porsche is still the car to beat. Sorry, guys, that's just the way it is. You know, granted, Volkswagen owns them now or vice versa, but they've always had a tie in there. But uh, Porsche, Audi, you know, Volkswagen, but Porsche Audi is pretty much dominating racing all over the world, you know. And what they do, just like they do in NASCAR, you know, it's politics as usual. They always have to kind of mess with the rules a little bit. And then they get a little ticked off and they go play someplace else. Or they build a car in a different class, you know. But in the, in the Le Mans LMP prototype class, they're pretty much they dominate. They won this year, 24-hour Le Mans. There was a, one of the cars was there uh, on display at... Um, Monterey at the Rolex reunion. Pretty pretty cool stuff. The auctions, spectacular. The car shows. We'll get into that in a little bit. But, uh, Bob, why don't you go ahead and fire up the... Uh, did I cover all the social media? You know, I just I just flew in. I, I was up yesterday morning at 7 o'clock. And I'll, and I'll recap that real quick, okay? So yesterday morning we got back... Or the night before, Sunday evening, we drove back from uh, Monterey with my uncle. And um, my uncle Arturo, Arturo, Arthur, he's listening probably... And uh, we, we left the auction around 9 o'clock, Goodings auction, and then we drove straight through. So by the time we got in, it was probably close to 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, something like that. I don't know. And uh, then we had to get up early because I had a whole bunch of places to go. So we went to see a couple of my customers that I have up there, friends of Arturo's. And uh, one guy does Porsche, one guy does Mercedes, one guy just has a cool junkyard with a whole bunch of parts in it. Then I went over to Sonoma Raceway, and that was kind of pretty cool hanging out there for a while. And I'll get into that a little bit because I hung out with the guys at Huffaker Racing. And then I left there and went over to uh, Emeryville, which is basically Oakland. I hung out with Jim at Easy Parts, which he specializes in Porsche stuff. And then I slid around the corner to Fantasy Junction. And uh, Bill Warner was there and his lovely wife. They were having a special function. And that was a dinner party, but I just couldn't hang out because I had a flight to catch. Plus, I had a few little errands to run yet. And uh, so it's pretty cool. But anyway, Bobby, go ahead and fire up the stereo. Let's go ahead and play this song. And then uh, what we're going to do is we're going to get a special guest on because our special guest right at the moment is has a very, very busy schedule. And like me, right now, currently, she flew back, and now she's on her way to Road America for the vintage races. Hey, you're tuning into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Here's a little Gary Newman. Cars. This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. 
9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. You may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car has been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Hello, this is Brian Johnson of ACDC, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back, and you are listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and it's time to introduce our next special guest. She's one of the foremost lady journalists in the industry. She's been on CNBC, Fox News, CNN, HLN, MSNBC, and many, many more. I'm delighted to welcome back to Nostalgic Radio and Cars my good friend, Lauren Fix, the car coach. Lauren, how you doing? I'm good, Robert. How are you? Pretty good. So you're uh, you're sitting at the airport, and you just flew in, and now you're on your way back to Road America. So right, it's been very busy. Actually, I was in New York City all day. Did Fox Business this morning, uh-huh. and uh, I just got the final final results of all the auctions from Pebble Beach. Yes, and some good numbers. Although it seems like the hot hot cars are still hot, and the rest of the cars kind of got flat. You know, if you had something. Not so exciting, shall we say. Well, you know, it's funny because you and I were hanging out at RM there and we were watching some of the cars go through, but I was just oh. re- reading some of the reports because in 2014, I think that was a highlight year. They did close to $400 million or whatever it was. Last year they were off a little bit, and this year they're off again, and RM was really down. They were off like $70 million. So give, me some, uh, give, us, give our listeners some highlights, what you thought. All right. Well, first off, at RM, I think they had a good sell-through rate. Gooding had a good sell-through rate as well as Bonham. Mm-hmm. It seemed like Meekum was maybe less than 50%. Really? They were Russo and Steel as well. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, they were off as well. A lot of no sales. Uh, so after four days of, of four different auctions going on, and they all go on simultaneously, so you can't hit them all, and you tr- we try. Mm-hmm. We both tried, actually. Yes. Uh, the total is $339.7 million worth of cars, trucks, motorcycles were sold across five venues. So that's that may be some additional after-sales that we don't know about. I do know of someone who purchased a couple of vehicles um, from Gooding after the sale was done. So they make they put out a list to all the bidders saying, hey, these vehicles are still available. They're one bid away or two bids away. So you kind of an idea where that reserve price was. Um, so if you're really into the numbers, I mean, you want to look at what's really selling. Seven cars sold above $10 million. We saw a couple of them. It was really spectacular and some of them just very exciting. Uh, that made it uh, making up the largest percentage of Monterey sales. Over 32% of it was those cars over $10 million. So, And there were some rare opportunities. I mean, you were looking to buy a D-type Jag and you wanted the one that won at Le Mans. Probably not going to get another opportunity at this, so you don't want to miss that sale by you know a couple thousand dollars or even 100000 if you can afford that. Well, that car sold for what, $21 million? $19 million with what we call the juice, which is the buyer's fee and the seller's fee, that's about $21 million. Yeah, same thing is true with that Cobra, mm-hmm. CSX 2000, that was Carol Shelby's personal Cobra. That was kind of cool. Um, and that went to Greg Miller, who owns uh, Miller Motor Car. So that'll probably go in the museum in Boulder, Colorado. And I have to say that is probably the best place for that vehicle to go. Uh, there was also a Cobra that sold about $880,000. It was a 289 it was interesting because there was the last bid before the final bidder won it was someone from overseas, from China. And everyone seemed to know it. And then someone here from the States raised their hand and outbid them by $10,000 just so it wouldn't the car wouldn't go overseas. So we're trying to keep the good cars here for us, you know? That's, yeah, it's, it's American. The best of the best. Yeah, the best. absolutely. When, yeah. did, so the sale rate for cars picked up uh, above $100,000, for example, fell 15 points. So if you're looking for cars around that $100,000 range, you may have been able to pick up some deals. And from 72 to, you know, 72% of sell-through rate down to 57 for 581 cars, uh, that, this is all Haggerty numbers. If you're really into it, you want to go to Haggerty.com. They have a great valuation tool. So before you buy anything, they have like a buy, sell, and hold category. And uh, they're telling everyone to sell those Countaches, and believe me, everybody is. 
Really? The pair- yeah, there's a ton of them over at Russo, and they just couldn't get rid of them. No kidding. Um, later model yeah. ones, though, right? The uh, 80s cars? Right. Uh, some of them do. I mean, what was really hot were the Ford GTs. Mm-hmm. Uh, a bunch of those, those are probably the only ones of the late models, like 1990s and newer. Um, the only exceptions being the Ford GTs and the two LaFerraris. Um, those would be the only vehicles that sold for good numbers. Uh, you were able to make some profit. Of course, you have to be able to buy a LaFerrari Um And the Ford GTs, you know, because the new GT is coming out, uh, which they showed at Pebble, and everyone was very excited about the uh, the number two car because they had it. That's going to be a livery that's going to be available for those lucky buyers. Okay, so basically, let's do a rundown. So you had Russo and Steel, you had Meekum. Okay, they're pretty much American domestic, some foreign stuff, right. and then you had Bonhams, mm-hmm. RM, and Gooding. And the yeah. only two auctions that supposedly were up over last year was Bonhams and Gooding. The other three were off. Is that what you came came up well, with? RM was a little off. You know what I think the reason RM was off? Why? I think it was the auctioneer. Really? He had the best auctioneer in the past. His name was Max. He left to start his own company. Actually, he was in the back of the room on the second day, and I walked up to him, and he's he's a Brit, but he speaks multiple languages. He speaks 10 languages. So you could be bidding in Japanese, Chinese, German, French, Spanish, and he can talk to you multiple languages all at once. And he would always have little quips like, well, it's just a pair of Christian Louboutin shoes. You can afford that. It's only lunch. You know, he was great. <laughs> he was so passionate. And I think it caused people to want to stay. It caused people to want to bid. They liked his humor. They liked the way he auctioned. Unfortunately, I think what happened was that because we didn't have Max, we had a guy who was almost like a boring college professor. I didn't like his style or his tactic. I think that may have impacted uh, the overall sale, and I'm not the only one that feels that. We have a friend who bought a couple of vehicles there, and he said it was you could buy a good. There are a couple of good deals out there. The 427 Cobra went for 1.2 million, and a friend of mine bought it. I said, I wish I had 1.2 million to buy it, but <laughs> <laughs> but but there were some good deals out there, and there were a lot of no sales. And I think part of the reason was is that the auctioneer didn't entice people to bid. He didn't inspire people to want to put their money on the table. Well, somebody else also made a comment, too, and I was curious about that, but with the construction going on at the Portola hotels, somebody mm-hmm. said that that yep. kind of might have impacted some of the cars there, because they were sitting on the back mm-hmm. lot, and it was a little dirty and dusty back there. Yeah, it was really dirty. We went back there, it was terrible, and it was cold inside, so that usually causes people to go inside. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it's the way it is, but when you look at the total numbers and the sell-throughs and the lots and the percentage of sell-through in total was only 56%, and the average sale of vehicles of all five auctions was about $470,000. The median sale, 90750 So when you look at some of these numbers, you start thinking, ah, you know, you're right. The top-selling car, though, of all, top 10 selling cars, the top one, 1955 Jaguar D-Type Roadster at Sotheby's sold for $21,780 or $80,000, and I, uh, I put that up on uh, Facebook Live. I was just so excited to see that. And then the second night, they had this beautiful piece of artwork. It's the most expensive vehicle that was pre-war ever sold at auction. It was a 1939 Alfa Romeo 8C 2900B Lungo Spider. Now, remind you, 39. Think about that. That was in the heart of the war. How do you save an Italian car like that? Somebody knew how to save it. $19 million. $800,000. That was pretty impressive as well. And uh, third was the Ferrari, 59 Ferrari 250 GT. I love this car. California long wheel bike. It's an alloy car, but, and it was a Spider. $18,150,000 at Gooding. And then this is the car that was the big money car, CSX 2000, the first Cobra ever built, owned by Carroll Shelby, never available for sale. 62 Shelby Cobra with a 260 engine. That's predecessor to the 289. Thirteen million seven fifty, uh, and then this one. I know Robert, you and I like this. Nineteen sixty Ferrari two fifty short wheelbase GT competition coupe sold for thirteen million five hundred thousand. I think we'd have to figure out how to pay for that. That was a beautiful car. That is an absolutely stunning uh, car. It was a Gooding. We walked by it three times. I'm just like, God, this car is just stunning. Well, but wait you know, a minute. Look at some cars, you know. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. I was just going to say, and what's more frightening is the fact that those cars were actually running around at Rolex, Monterey Rolex reunion over there, the same cars. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and elaborate right. on and that a little bit. 
Well, the interesting, they also do the, the, the drive. It's called the Tour to Pebble Beach. Mm-hmm. We're on, uh, what was it, Thursday. I'm trying to think. It was Thursday. Right. They drive to Pebble by Carmel by the Sea from Pebble. They drive down 17-mile drive, and they shut it down. And all the cars that can make it, make it. And, of course, they've got support vehicles. I think only one vehicle had to be flatbedded out of there. But all these vehicles have to drive, and you get extra points. So people drove them, you know, from Pebble Beach down 17-mile drive all the way to Carmel by the city. Park the car, you talk to people, you get back in your car after lunch, and you drive back. And like I said, the points on that are nice, but it was really nice to see some of these Ferraris. And there were some really unusual cars. Like, we were looking at that uh, AMC prototype. It was supposed to be their supercar. And I walked up to going, what the heck is this? I don't know, did you see that car? Yes, there's three. There's two of them there, of the four that were oh, built. Oh, I only saw one. You must beat me to the other no, one. No, no, one was, at, one was at the tour on Thursday and on Ocean Drive, okay, and two mm-hmm. were at the concourse on Sunday. Oh, okay, I did see that, okay. I thought you meant at, at who drove. Yeah, so mm-hmm. obviously one guy probably didn't want to drive it, but these cars are really unusual. I mean, just think AMC. If you think of the Pacer and the Gremlin, you know, those ugly cars, the Hornet. And then you say, wait a minute. <laughs> Matador. A supercar? Yeah, Matador. I forgot about that, yeah. <laughs> so they had the Javelin, too. Yeah. Um, can you imagine that? Thinking that these, these put they actually AMC owned Jeep for a while, too. Um, could you imagine suddenly a supercar coming out of that company? Probably would have saved the company. Well, you know what's interesting? You looked at, you saw the car, too, the orange one that was on the street. That yep. car, even though that car was built in the early 70s, and actually the drawing was done in the late 60s, that car really mm-hmm. still looks like a supercar today. It does. It really does. They did, they did a nice job, but that would have saved a company that's unfortunately gone. But there were some beautiful cars there. I really, really liked seeing that original race car. Uh, there was a Ford, the GT40s were there. It was part of you know that plus 100 years of BMW. Um, and so for BMW, they had everything from very early cars that I have not seen before to my favorite, the 507, which I think is spectacular. I would love to have one of those. Again, they're going in that half a million dollar range. Um, but it's very interesting to to watch the cars they brought from BMW and the Ford GT40s. Oh, it was really it was really great. Well, they had the, was, the 66 one, two, three cars there. Yeah, I was surprised. That's, those are hard to get. The last time I've seen that many GT40s in one place was in 1989. Actually, this is funny that I remember September of 89 because my husband had bought a, brought a car there to show, and they had a GT40 reunion at Watkins Glen. It was put together by a guy named Peter Lovanos, mm-hmm. who was part owner of Aston Martin at the time. He had a total crush on GT40s. They brought out 40 GT40s, and that's the biggest collection of GT40s. And we, I was like in my 20s. Don't do the math. Uh, and, I was, and I was just thinking, this we'll never see this many cars. We remember saying that at the time to each other. We will never see this many GT40s in one location again. And we have not. But we, there were, what, about a dozen cars that qualified to be put into the presentation and, and then be judged. Well, along the, Pebble. Uh, right. And along the waterfront there, they had them all. And I think you're right. It was like 12, 13, 14 cars that were all there. It, it looked like a... C of GT40s, no different than when they had all the Lamborghinis at the mm-hmm. uh, Quail. They had something like 25 yeah. Muras. They're beautiful. I like them with the, what they call them, eyelashes. They have like the marks. They, yes. So you could get them with or without. I like the eyelashes. Maybe it's just the girl in me. <laughs> <laughs> they were beautiful. I'm not a big fan of the green, but there were some different color oranges, and it was really interesting how some were customized and some were just absolutely bone stock factory. Did you get a chance to do any test drives while you were there? I, mean, uh, or, I know you get I, was, I know you get cars all the time, but just out of curiosity, did you do any drives? Yes, I had Jaguar kindly lend us for a week a Jaguar XE 20D, which is diesel. Wow, <laughs> I love that car. It was great. It's a, it starts in the thirty four thousand dollar range. This vehicle was priced at about forty one. Of course, nobody pays retail. You know that. Right. Uh, at least I hope you don't. Don't ever pay retail. A Jaguar uh, diesel. Yeah. Whose motor? It, uh, it belongs to Jaguar's Tata. And they sell Jag- Jaguar's, remember, is Jaguar and Land Rover. Right. And so these are important things to know because if you think about diesel and a Jaguar, that's just like, what more could you want? You know what I mean? It's, and it's not, we're not talking diesel like you think. This is diesel like Porsche diesel, like top end, clears emissions, 
we we didn't have to fill the tank. Actually, now I think about it, we never filled the tank up once. Is it was it an SUV or was it the SUV no, or the sedan? It was the, X, it was the XE. It was the it was the four door car. Really? Sedan. I didn't even know they had yeah. that. I actually have a, a review of it on my website at laurensex.com, where you can go to my YouTube page, which is Lauren Sex. Uh, Paul Bryan and I, uh, who do a his turn, her turn review. And uh, this is a game changer for them. Entering the marketplace in that $34,000 range, offering diesel, offering two different turbo gas engines, if that's what you choose. Uh, you know, I think that, um, I, I really think that those are are excellent choices. And I'm I'm actually considering... Um, a Jaguar F-Pace diesel for my next truck. Really? So that should be really exciting. I have, I have two Porsche Cayenne diesels right now. One's older, but I love these vehicles. I'm mean, just so enthralled. But I'm concerned with VW and their diesel issue, and they haven't gotten through it yet. They will, but this is a lot of pol- politics, and I'm just trying to be nice about it. There's a lot <laughs> of politics involved. Um, so I, if they don't offer diesel in a Cayenne, I just I have to go buy an F-Pace diesel. Really? So is it a six-cylinder, an eight-cylinder, four-cylinder? What is it? There's six cylinders, so they're going to be three liters, just like uh, you'll see in in, uh, Volkswagen and BMW and Mercedes. And because this is a very popular engine choice, I I get 700 miles on a tank. 700 miles where I have to fill up. I forget I need fuel. Wow. That's That's just around town? I run around town or I'll go, you know, downtown or whatever, back and forth to the airport, which is most of the places I go. Uh, But I'll drive it to Watkins Glen in September, no problem. One tank there and back and have fuel left over. I can go from Buffalo, where I live, to New York City, where I am now, and back on one tank. You're in Buffalo? That means... You're in Buffalo? Wow. That's amazing. Well, so let's let's go back to Monterey. So, what else did you do while you're out there? What are some of the other cool things that our oh my listeners would think of? Besides the five auctions, which was very time consuming, right? Um, one of the things that I would do, um, you were, what we did was we went to went to the Quail. Okay, I saw you at the Quail as well. Right, mm-hmm. uh, that was fantastic. We got there. We did the Little Car Show on Wednesday. Yes, we downtown. went to McCall. Yeah, which uh, McCall Motor Work Revival is. If you can go there. Spectacular! I, you were there too. You were in front of me in line. Actually. Yeah, I, I was. <laughs> thinking, wait a minute, I saw you there. Um, th- between the Jeff and the expensive cars and the whole thing, that's always it's always starts. It's a good kickoff to the week, and the money that's raised goes to charity, which is really really nice. There's a lot of great charities in that area, especially with all the fires they got going on. There's a lot of people that are homeless, and so it gets them places to live and you know things that they may need. Um, then the next day we did uh, Carmel by the Sea. Uh, we did the Italiano Concorso on Saturday with you. Mm-hmm. And then we went over to the Rolex for the race. That was fantastic on Saturday. And Pebble Beach on Sunday and back home on uh, on Monday. And now you're on the road again. I'm on the road again. My husband runs in the Trans Am Series. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be racing at Road America this weekend. Uh, he's running in the points chase. And he also races in uh, European Le Mans Series and an LMP3. Really? Uh, yeah, prototype car. No so, yeah, kidding. So An LMP3. Been busy. And I, that basically it is a purpose-built race car. Right. So if you look at the Trans Am car, oh, it looks like a Corvette. Yeah, I can see it looks like a Corvette. This car, you look at it and go, what is it? <laughs> I have no idea what this thing is. So you might want to take a look at it. And uh, online, if you look up, uh, it's an Ave Riley chassis. So that's Tony Ave, who's a very famous racer, and Bill Riley, who has been making famous chassis with Riley and Scott for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's interesting, Mark Scott left. Now Mark Scott is our chief engineer for our Trans Am team. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, they raced so, uh, all kinds of motors back in the day, but most notably they when they were the Raleigh Scott Fords were running were winning at Daytona mm-hmm. back in the yeah. uh, 90s. He's a really interesting guy. Uh, you should probably get him on the radio. He is yeah. he's out of Florida. Is he? Um, yeah, he sold everything in Indianapolis, and he lives in Florida, and he hangs out in his boat during the week and comes out to a couple of races, and we really enjoy his company. He's a really interesting guy, and his son is going uh, to be an F1 uh, crew uh, engineer, so he's going to school to be for engineering in England. Super, super. So yeah, you should get Mark on. He would, I'm sure you'd have a bazillion questions for him, and so would all your listeners. Absolutely, absolutely. So now you're going to the, tell us a little bit how the Trans Am Series, they they actually reintroduced that here, what, within the last three or four years? Is that the way it works? Well, Trans Am has only had a small lull between 2000, 
2006 and 2009. Um, it slowly has creeped back up. Now we've got new ownership from SBRA as of two races ago. Tony Perillo? Tony Perillo. Really? He now owns 22% of uh, SBRA, and, uh, he, and I have very high hopes for him because if anyone can help make this series even bigger than it is, it's going to be Tony. Really? So he, yep. he's part owner in Trans Am then? Right. So he's going to handle things like creating an app and amping up the social media. Uh, there's videos out. You can go to gotransam.com. And everyone's funny. When you say you're racing in Trans Am, you're racing Pontiacs? No, no. Well, here's an interesting story. I'm sure you know this, but may, maybe a few of your listeners don't, that Trans Pontiac went to Trans Am, which is SCCA, and said, so we really like the racing name. We want to turn this into a name of a car performance car for the Firebird. So they actually paid the Sports Car Club of America, the SCCA, for the use of the name for years. Really? So, okay. Yeah, so, a bit of trivia there. So that's kind of neat. People don't really know that. They think, why would they call it Trans Am? It's after the Pontiac. That has nothing to do with <laughs> that. It goes the other way around, believe it or not. Well, it started out, the name was Trans American Series Racing is what it was. And it was back in 66, I think, was the first year for the Trans Am race. Right. Exactly. And and they were inviting everybody from all over the world, hence Trans American, you know, worldwide type deal. But uh, and, right. and and frankly, Trans Am and Can Am are my two favorite racing series. Can Am no longer with us, but then again, we have LM, right. we have the pr- prototype class, but still in European Le Mans, right? And IMSA. Yes, IMSA. Um, you know, it's interesting. In your area, is a very famous driver. He happens to live pretty close to where your where your radio station is based. Um, Tom Yeager. He yeah. was one of the original Shelby drivers. He is a very interesting guy. He would still be racing today if he could. Um, I think he raced about a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Him and Scotty. Everything. Yeah, Scotty's awesome. She's a wonderful lady. Uh-huh. She raced also, and that's how we met each other, because how many women race cars? There weren't many. You and, so, you and her, that's two. Right. <laughs> and Lindsay, well, and Lindsay James. Yeah, yeah there, but there's a few others since in Vintage uh, and other series. And when I was racing back in 1980, there was like, not many. And they used to say, you know, where's your husband, your boyfriend, your brother, whatever, to help you change the tires. I go, I'm doing it, you know. But um, but I was a tomboy. That was then, and now I can't look like that on TV. It doesn't fly. So, <laughs> Little but, do uh, they realize, right, Lord? Yeah. The original version of me, I always say, is a no-makeup baseball cap, pair of jeans girl. So. Well, now tell us about the uh, car coach. Give it, you go ahead and plug that. And I, I, you still got plenty. Okay. You got a little bit of time yet, or do you have to? I got, oh, I got to head to my flight in just a second. Okay. It's reporting. Tell us about but, the car uh, coach, and go ahead and plug your uh, website and everything. Okay. Well, you can go to my website. It's laurenfix.com. And really what it is as the car coaches, a lot of people know about cars way they were in the 50s and 60s and 70s and yeah i was like you i you know switch out headers and you know would my carburetor fit on your car and you know try and play around with it but you can't do that anymore and because of the intimidation of computers when you pop the hood all you see is a piece of plastic the car coach evolved in the 80s and uh, basically it was about helping people do simple things that they don't teach a driver at such as changing a flat tire or you know hot change you know your oil but it sort of has evolved now. People saying, I don't know about these new cars. What kind of this technology? What's up with autonomous cars? And it started local. And then in the 90s, I got the opportunity to be on the Oprah Winfrey show. And that, like with a lot of people, changed everything. And uh, I've been, of course, CNN. And then was Fox News unveiled. I was on that. So I've literally been on every national news network that exists now or did exist. And pretty much every morning show you can imagine. Um, and... It's been great because I've done everything from teaching Kelly Ripa how to change a flat tire, which was actually a lot of fun, uh, to, you know, being on the Today Show. So all this has evolved to the point that I do this now pretty much full-time. Uh, I write and review cars, and we do a his-turn-her-turn turn car review from male-female perspective with Paul Bryan. Plus, I do my own reviews and car tips. And uh, this morning I was on Fox Business. I have that posted on my website uh, talking about autonomous cars. I Back tomorrow, I'll get a phone call to talk about Tesla. I talk about them a lot. I'm not a Tesla fan. I, I will say that. Um, and talking about technology and what's new, what's going on, I'm also a judge for the North American Car and Truck of the Year. I'm on the board of directors for that. So basically, the car coach is out there helping you save money, love your car, don't get ripped off, and never, ever pay retail. And and that's I just love what I do. I do what you, do what you love and love what you do. You never work a day in your life. That's well said, well put. Now, 
let's go back to the Tesla. You and I are in the same camp. And mm-hmm. when you were at the uh, Quail, right when you walked mm-hmm. in there, the gates, if you go down past the helicopter and some of the Highline exotic cars over on the right, there was this mm-hmm. display there. And they were, it was a virtual deal where you had strapped on this little thing on your eyeballs. And you can mm-hmm. see this vision of this new electric car to compete with the Tesla based on, let's say, the 7 Series BMW, as they put it. Right. And I got a chance to talk mm-hmm. to Zach and a few guys. And again, I, you know, I'm like you. The jury's still out on it. However, what was funny is all the people that are involved in building that car jump ship, left Tesla, and now they're doing their own thing. So what I'd like to do with you sometime, and I have yeah. to bone up on it, is you and I do a special show. Pros and cons on electric cars. Are you game for that? Sure. Okay. Absolutely. Well, I have friends that work at Faraday, and I think they've got a better plan. I think my biggest thing is the fact that when you purchase a, high, a, a plug-in car from Tesla, you don't realize you are not getting the dealer support. You are not actually leasing the car because when you lease a car today from any of the dealers, the wonderful dealers that are in your area, they actually have laws that protect you from getting ripped off. Tesla owns, holds his own leasing papers, and he's got a ton of used Teslas he can't get rid of. So I wouldn't buy one. But think about this. What if you bought a Tesla Roadster years ago? Get parts for it. Have fun with that. They don't have to carry them. Oh, he really? Thinks of it as owning, now he thinks of it as owning an iPhone 3. Who the heck would want that? It's like having a flip phone, right? You want the new iPhone 7 that's coming out. So what, what happens is he only carries the parts so the production's done, doesn't carry replacement components because he figures you'll buy a new car. Not everybody can afford a $100,000 car. That's true. And so then, part, go ahead. It's not required by law because he's not under the franchising laws. That's why a lot of states won't let him sell, such as New York. Ah, ah that's what's really going on. So well, a whole, whole bunch of that. I have an issue with just the battery technology in general. I always say, you know, battery cars were out, you know, turn of the century. We had that. So in 100 years, right. granted, we had fossil fuels, and, of course, steam went by the wayside as well as electric. Mm-hmm. But they, I, the, the fact that you've got to mine lithium, which basically you're strip mining, you know, you got to right. have a, uh, an electrical plant that uses, you know, carbon-based fuels to fire those things right. up short of nuclear. So, yeah. you know, they're, they're – they're, so I don't – I have not yet, a lot of nuclear plants, so they're not letting them build them, so you need coal. Right. right, and they're trying to shut coal down. Yes, the current administration is, and then we have infrastructure. Our grid has not been updated since Nikolai Tesla. <laughs> so, well, well wait a minute. Every, let's, if half the people in the country plug in, we're going to have a problem. If you've ever had a brownout and you live in New York City or L.A., which I have, have seen it, you're sitting there in darkness. Well, and also, I'm not a fan of we, the taxpayer, subsidizing their charging stations all over the country. You know, you've got Shell and yep. and, and and American, or you've got, uh, you know, all these other independent gas stations mm-hmm. out there, you know, um, that are Exxon and everybody like that. But And they're right. buying the real estate, putting up their own facilities and so on. But the charging stations, they actually want, they expect, they expect the taxpayers mm-hmm. to subsidize. It's kind of like where I, why I take issue with ball sports. Why should we, the taxpayers, mm-hmm. support stadiums? Race car tracks right. are owned by corporations. Well, corporations should buy right. their stadiums, too, if they want to I agree. suck all the money. But that's no, another no, issue. <laughs> We're not good. But, um, well, Lauren, I want to thank, yeah. thank you very much for coming on. Have you got a few things you want to share yet? we got a few minutes yet. we got some time. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to head to my phone, but if you want to follow me on Twitter, at Lauren Fix, I'll be posting content from the races. I'm always putting up stuff on auction results. Um, what's new, what's breaking, if there's a recall. Um just things you need to know, especially if it's something hot, like you've got a Volkswagen, you're worried about what's going on. i got a lot of content on my site on that. I'm still a fan of Volkswagen. I hope they will bring the diesel back. But when I find things out, like they're taking the fines and they're forcing uh, them to take some of their additional money to invest in green car initiative and advertising, i got issue with that. So do I. I'll put that kind of information up, too. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Well, Thor, you have a safe trip. Have a lot of fun at the racetrack. Tell your hubby I said hi. Thank I hope you. he wins. I and will. I want to have you back Thank on again. You. And uh, Anytime. Follow Lauren Fix, the car coach. Take care. So we'll see you at the next major event. We'll see you at SEMA. Look forward to seeing Yeah, absolutely. I'll definitely see hey, you. Hey, do you get to COTA? Do you get to uh, F1 racing? Yeah, uh, I will be at COTA, but not at F1 for Trans Am. And it also is joining with SBRA. So I'll be there for that. Okay. Well, we'll catch up with you sometime in the next yeah. couple of months. Look forward to seeing you. All right, take care. Thank you very much. My good friend, Thank Lauren you. Fix, the car coach. Check her out. Go visit her website. Thank you very much, Lauren. Have a good, safe trip. Thank you. Bobby, what do we got on the turn-em-up table? we got some more 
cool music out of the 60s, 70s? Well, we have that little liner for Sammy Hagar, so we think it's appropriate. That, we, uh, we, we, uh, and we were all speeding out in California, so how about, uh, I mean, it's it's just a fact that, hey, Lauren and I both can't drive 55. You turn into Nostalgic Radio Cars, don't touch the dial, we'll be right back. Listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. You may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car has been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Okay, we're back, and you tune into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Yes, I'm your show host, Robert. Now, we just had Lauren Fix on for a few minutes there, and she's uh, in New York on her way to Elkhart Lake, which is uh, Road America in Wisconsin. And uh, it's just uh, northwest of Milwaukee, a little ways directly to the west of Sheboygan, which is kind of where everybody hangs out when they uh, stay up there because there's not a lot of hotels up that way. But anyway, I want to highlight a little bit more some of the stuff that went on during the uh, Concorso Italiano. Um, that was on Saturday, and uh, it was pretty cool because that was probably one of the largest gathering of Italian cars in the uh, in the country. Now, in Florida, usually in January, they have the Cavallino. Cavallino is a pretty cool car, but it's Ferraris only. The Concorso Italiano, which the last time I was at one of those events was in um, March. No, it was uh, March. 
August of 1997, and it was actually at the Quail. And then since then, the Concorso moved over to the uh, Black Horse Country Club over by the uh, backside of uh, the Mazda Laguna. No, no, Mazda Raceway Laguna Seca. I'll get it right here in a minute. And uh, so uh, there's a little side road there, and it's kind of like on a big bluff, and it kind of overlooks the Pacific Ocean, and it's right on the backside of uh, Fort Ord which is the uh, army base there. At any rate, um, the Concorso Italiano, I had the opportunity and the pleasure to meet Torino, Torino, I think I'm saying it right, Lamborghini. He is the son of Ferruccio Lamborghini. And it was pretty cool because uh, when he was doing the, uh, the presentation, I think he was being interviewed by Keith Martin of Sports Car Market, who I uh, know very well and who I write for once in a while. And it was a pretty interesting conversation. But the thing that I thought that was really, really cool was when they were doing the interview, and and I and I could not get my recording equipment out because I didn't know the question was coming because I kind of walked in the middle of it. I mean, there's a lot of cars. There's a lot of people. Uh, there's a lot of things to do there, okay? And um, so all of a sudden he starts talking about the question was posed by Keith Martin, I believe. It was either Keith Martin or it was Matt Stone, one of the two, uh, that uh, did the interview. Uh, I'm, I'm losing track here. But at any rate, I believe it, it might have been Matt Stone. But the question was, how did the Lamborghini come to fruition? Basically, what exactly happened? Tell us the infamous story. And the story basically goes like this. It basically says that uh, Ferruccio Lamborghini, who has made tractors, had made a number of tractors and been building them since the, uh, since the end of the war, he... Uh, Owned a Ferrari, and the Ferrari was having some issues, okay? And basically, he went to Ferrari, and Ferrari and him had a little bit of a disagreement. And essentially how the story went was Ferruccio said to—Ferrari made kind of like a little snide remark. And Enzo was kind of notorious for being a little bit—well, uh, he's proud of his mark, rather, you know, in Ferrari. And, you know, he's more focused on racing, not so much on streetcars, so keep that in mind as well. So at any rate, what happened was is he uh, basically told uh, Enzo, uh, told Ferruccio, he says, well, you build tractors. Why don't you go grab a tractor part and fix your fix my Ferrari? Because there's nothing wrong with my Ferrari. Well, Ferruccio was so in, in, enraged with that, he said, okay, fine. You build, I build 56 tractors per day. You build maybe 56 Ferraris in three, four months, five months, something like that. You know, they didn't make a lot of cars. And uh, so he says, okay, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go do that. So you just wait. So he hired Bizzarini to design the engine for Lamborghini, and they came up with a far better motor than the Ferrari engine, far more reliable and more performance. And so, hence, 1963, the prototype, 63-64, the prototype Lamborghini 350 GT was uh, featured at the Geneva Auto Show. And I think uh, a couple months later there in 65, 64-65, somewhere around there, the, uh, the, a couple street versions were made. And then, uh, which was, and I actually had a chance to get one of those cars. That was one of my favorite cars back in the day, the Lamborghini 350 GT. So, if, in fact, if you follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram on our Twitter page, I think I took some pictures of it. And there should be some pictures up there on our Nostalgic Radio and Cars Facebook page of a number of Lamborghinis, including other mirrors. But the uh, getting back to what Lauren said, the quail had a huge display for Lamborghinis, and they had probably more Lamborghini Muras than I'd ever seen in my entire life in one location. It was amazing, and every color. And they had the basic early Lamborghini Muras. They had a prototype there. They had the early cars, the eyelash cars, and, of course, the SV, which is the kind of final version of it, which has a little bit bulgier fenders and a little bit wider wheels, so it's got a real cool look to it. you know. And if you look at it, there's a lot of similarities between that and the, uh, and the Ford GT40. Also... The Concorso, by contrast, okay, which is strictly Italian, there was Ferraris, there was Alfa Romeos, there was Lancias, Panteras, Mangustas. Uh, I had the opportunity, um, we had a early, early PR release, press release, Lauren was there as well, and it was for um, Fiat. And they were doing a special feature introduction type deal because Bob Bondurant School of Racing, and I was there with Pat Bondurant, Bob Bondurant, and their son, Jason, and they were doing a special deal with Bob, Bob with the Bondurant School in Arizona, and that is they were giving them Fiat's 
the new 124, okay? And the new 124 is basically based on a Mazda Miata chassis, but the thing is is that it has a Fiat motor in it. Pretty cool piece. But anyway, we're getting, uh, I mean, the, the whole overall Monterey car experience was was absolutely amazing. I went to McCall's this year, which I normally have don't have time for. I went to the, the Quail this year, and I went to Concorso. What I did go to, what I typically go to, was the Works reunion. I don't even think I looked at hardly any Porsches, okay? I didn't go to Legends of the Autobahn, and there was a number of other little small little events. I did go to the uh, Mission Concourse. I did go to the Little Car Show, which was pretty cool. But uh, anyway, it was pretty It was pretty exciting. Hey, one more thing, too. I want to go ahead and welcome the Cool Shop. Okay, if you guys are like me, and of course, you know, you're into this trivia stuff. You're into the old memorabilia. You're into models. You're into records. You're into movie posters, Star Wars, G.I. Joe. You name it, anything like that. Check out the Cool Shop. They're located at 9265 Summit Boulevard. In Seminole, Florida, okay? And their phone number there is 727-201-9489. Jeff, my new best buddy, has got some pretty cool stuff there. So definitely check out the cool shop for some really cool old memorabilia there. Again, the number is 727-201-9489. I just thought I'd throw that in there real quick. We were out in Monterey last week. I did a live show from there. We had a, a couple guests on. We had Bruce Canapa on. Bruce has got some amazing cars. Check out Canapa.com, um, his website. Probably one of the best restoration facilities for race cars and performance cars and supercars in the country, okay? you got to go check those guys out. And uh, Bobby, how are we doing here on time? We're doing pretty good. Bobby's going to come over here a little bit because actually what I'm doing, I'm actually sitting in the control room right now, aren't I, Bobby? Yes, you're doing just fine. Okay, so we're gonna, this. I'm, I'm test driving the studio. Now, Lola always used to make this joke about, uh, you know, can you drive a radio station? Well, right now I'm driving. I'm sitting in the driver's seat of the radio station here. Bobby, go ahead and do the social media real quick. Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Nostalgic Radio and Cars, Twitter, Periscope, at NRC on air. Yes, and don't forget, if you have any other questions, check out our website, GolfStreamMotorsports.com. If you've missed any of our past shows, you can find those on our website at Nostalgic Radio and Cars, the podcast page. Now, I think we're just about out of time, but again, we're going to be talking a little bit more about Monterey because in the, in the next week or two, we're going to have uh, some other guests on, some people that I met while I was out there. And again, hanging out with guys like Keith Martin, Torino, uh, Lamborghini, uh, Sammy Hagar, of all people. I was sitting there, and I was I bumped into uh, Aaron Hagar, who's been on our show. He's a friend of mine. He does the show with... Uh, with a Brad Fanshaw and uh, uh, Pete Saporis from uh, SoCal Speech Up, and uh, Aaron's got Rat Runners Garage up in Lake Tahoe. Well, I was doing my, I was doing a live video from uh, Periscope from there, and I happened to be walking over where the Lamborghinis were, and there's Aaron, and right next to him is Dad. And so, if you get a chance, check out the video that I'm doing at the Quail because there's a little spot where Sammy Hagar jumps in. Hey, we're just about out of time. I want you guys to tune in on our radio show every Tuesday night for the most legendary, no, most fascinating and legendary names in motorsports. Don't forget to tell your friends for Tuesday night, 78 p.m. Hey, in the meantime, guys, stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. But there's a feller in there who'll pay you $10 if you sing into his can. Downtown Dave. I'm not here to make a record, you dumb cracker. They broadcast me out on the radio. WTAN, Clearwater, Tampa Bay. WDCF, Dade City, Tampa Bay. WZHR, Zephyr Hills, Tampa Bay. Listen. In your arms.